Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that produce disciples of Jesus Christ, who in turn disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm Steve Manskar, Director of Wesleyan Leadership at Discipleship Ministries. And at the time of this recording, it is Holy Week, so it is a a wonderful week of worship services, and uh, for us, you know, who are not in full-time ministry, it becomes a little easier wait, to enjoy. Wait a minute. What do you mean we're not <laughs> in full-time ministry? Yeah, I said that wrong, didn't I? We're in extension ministries. That's right. We are in extension ministries. I, did, I meant to say we're not. We don't have local church responsibilities. There that's, you go. That's what you're trying to say, that's isn't it, Scott? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Right. It, it is easier for us to enjoy and be a part of this week and... And to do some reflection, whereas you know when we were when we were involved in the responsibilities of leading a church, it was usually a very hectic week. Is that oh, fair? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was one of the, if not the busiest week of the year when I was a pastor. Yes. Um, along oh. with Christmas. Yes, I mean, and it was sort of a sad experience in that what you looked forward to was Easter or Christmas to be over. <laughs> right. I mean, I found myself too often thinking that instead of. Wow, what a joy, what a privilege. And Easter was always very exciting because there were extra people and, and all that, but it was also a lot of emotional draining work and energy. Yeah, because you had, there was, I guess, extra sermons to prepare yeah. for Thursday night and Friday night. And more people, more logistics. And then preparing for Sunday morning. Yeah. But, you know, for now we got to enjoy a wonderful Monday, Thursday service led by Tom Albin and mm-hmm. um, part of part of the joy of our, our current positions. It was in the Upper Room Chapel this morning. Yeah. And the other thing about Holy Week working in here at Discipleship Ministries is we all, most of us are home because yeah. congregations and people don't want us this time of year. <laughs> that's right. We don't need to travel anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which means we get to record more podcasts. Yeah, that's which, right. Which is a good thing. Uh, and so yesterday we had the opportunity to interview Melanie Dobson, Reverend Dr. Melanie Dobson, at Myers Park United Methodist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Melanie is an interesting person. She's lived an interesting life. I, I was very impressed as I was chatting with her and learning a little more about her. Uh, she was commissioned in South Carolina. She was ordained in the Desert Southwest Conference. She served in Colorado. She was a United Methodist volunteer in mission for a year in Honduras. And she spent a year in Germany, where she did some preaching there, too, fluent in German. So, wow. Yeah, that's quite impressive. She's been an associate twice and a senior pastor. And she teaches yoga at a Title I school. And she's a cyclist. <laughs> Important to Steve, she's a cyclist, <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I think this will be kind of a beginning of a series of podcasts we'll do, maybe not one after another consecutively, uh, but we'll look at the relationship between small groups and Sunday school. And so I thought this would be helpful to explore a model that's a, it's a very traditional model church in terms of its faith formation offerings. And so we'll we'll get to hear from Melanie, and um, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Sound like a plan? Yep. All right. Well, enjoy the interview. Melanie, thank you so much for joining us today from Charlotte. Um, so excited to have you as part of our podcast. You've 
uh, done a lot of things and doing a lot at Myers Park, and, and I know you're gonna you're gonna have a lot to teach us today, especially in regard to Sunday school and small groups. And so I'm just gonna kind of begin by letting you tell us a little more about Myers Park and and faith formation. What's happening there? Sure. So Myers Park is a historic United Methodist congregation. It was founded in 1925 in a large stone edifice um, in the center of the city of Charlotte. So it has had a, a significant role in the life of the city. Um, currently, we have about 5,300 members, wow. but about probably 1,300 to 1,500 in worship on Sunday. So worship attendance is somewhere around 1,500 on Sunday. Um, faith formation we look at as a journey that starts at birth and continues until the end of life. So faith formation at Myers Park encompasses children's ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry, and adult ministry. Okay. So it covers all the ages. And we try to think about faith formation as a journey um, into sanctification. So it's a yeah. lifelong journey. It's not one moment. We try to provide lots of different opportunities for people at all different levels of commitment. Um, so it can be something of high commitment, like a Sunday school class or a long-term small group. But we also offer one-off events where people mm. can come and experience and grow and learn. Um, in addition, our senior minister, Dr. Howell, offers email series. So for people who just want to connect electronically, there's a lot of resources electronically email, text messages, other ways that people can get a taste of faith formation. Um, and we would highlight that worship is one of our central opportunities for faith formation in That's the life right. of the church. So worship plays a central role in the life of Myers Park Methodist, and we put a lot of time and attention and effort in, in making sure that people are, are shaped and formed by worship. That's great. That, somehow I got on that text list, so I get those texts couple times a week I get those. That's great. And it was very evident from looking at your website the variety of experiences you all have to offer, which is really great. I want to focus uh, now our time on Sunday school. Um, it seems like mm -hmm. your church is a bit of an outlier. For a lot of churches, Sunday school is dwindling and kind of going away, and for some even seems passe. But at your, at your church, Sunday school seems to be something that's thriving. So tell us more about Sunday school at Myers Park. Sure. So for adults, we have currently 18 Sunday school classes, yeah. wow. and there are about 300 on average in attendance on, on a Sunday in those classes. Um, a lot of the classes are organized by age, and um, a lot of them are, um, so a certain age bracket, say, 30s to 40s of parents with kids. So you could call those age or couple affinity kind of groups. Gotcha. But what we're seeing and what we're trying to respond to is that um, there's a lot of uh, diversity in life and in mm -hmm. lifestyles. And we recognize that there are a lot of women who come to church um, who wanted a Sunday school for, for women, um, Interesting. who were, some of them were widowed, some of them were divorced, some of them were young women who didn't feel like they had a place in any of the couple classes, that mm. those felt uncomfortable and they didn't feel welcome. So we started a class probably about a year ago called Simply Women. 
that is intergenerational, mm-hmm. which is something else we've heard that people really were wanting, um, yeah, particularly sure. women were wanting intergenerational connections um, from the, the GI generation to the millennial generation. And those are represented in our Simply Women class. So it's provided an opportunity for people to find community who, who didn't fit into the we're 30s to 40s couples kind of um, yeah, sure. brackets. One of our fastest growing classes, too, is it's called Journeys, and it's for um, singles and, and couples. So that's another hmm. place that we're finding a lot of growth is that people are wanting to come into a class that has some age diversity and that is diverse in terms of um, lifestyle and commitments that are there. So that, that class is, is really growing. Um, At the same time, we have a a young adult couples class called Agape class that um, was developed probably a couple years ago. And what happens with young adults is we form a class and they establish themselves in a name and their identity and they move along. And then in a few more years, you need to start another new adult (laughs) adult class. That's right. so we kind of are always establishing a new young adult class um, with, you know, every five years or so as, as we all age. It um, happens to the best of us, right? It, it, does, it does happen. Yes. So that's, um, so it's, uh, yeah, so the 18 classes range from some that are lecture style that are largely our GI generation where they sit more in rows and they have a, a knowledgeable speaker and they start with singing a hymn and they um, have a very formal structure and sure, style, sure. lecture style. I would say our Sunday school classes that are 40 and younger, all of them are discussion style. Mm-hmm. So more people sitting in circles um, less formal. We do have one, actually. We have one that's 30s and 40s that still has more of a lecture format. They sit in a semicircle. Um, but that's the only one. All of the rest of, of the classes that are certainly Gen X and Millennial and some of our younger baby boomers, they're all discussion-style right. Sunday school classes. Right. So tell us a little more then about small groups at Myers Park. Right? If Sunday school wasn't my thing, how would I get involved in small groups and what might that look like there? Sure. So we have a broad program of of small groups. We have a strong disciple program Mm -hmm. at Myers Park, including Disciple Fast Tracks. So we had several Disciple Fast Tracks that started in the fall. And traditionally, we launch our Disciple classes in the fall, and they continue through to the spring. So they're they're finishing up. Um, We'll offer Disciple Fast Track, Disciple 1, Disciple 2, 3, and 4 for for folks to sign up and register in the fall. Gotcha. We also offer companions, um, small groups. So we start the companions 28 week class in the fall. And that's and companions addition, in Christ? Companions in Christ, okay, yes. Yeah, just making sure. So, yes, the spiritual formation mm-hmm. study. Right. So we offer that as well and people register for that. Um, in the fall we find is the biggest time for kickoff for us and our culture and population. It's when people want to enter into small groups. So we offer disciple and companions in Christ in the fall. Um, and those are more long-term um, sure. small group studies. In the winter, so in January, is when we often get new members, people who are interested in joining the church as well. And we offer a six-week course there called Foundation. Mm-hmm. Foundation mm-hmm. is a small group where people sit at tables. So the intention is to cultivate community. 
together. But there's um, a main teacher that's one of our clergy. So oh, our okay. clergy teach. That's good. Um, so we have six six clergy, and the clergy teach each of those classes. And it's kind of like a mini seminary. So it teaches um, Bible, theology, ethics, Methodism. So it's a basic introduction to who we are and what we're about. And it includes practices with each of the classes. Oh, okay, so if it's, a, if it's a class focused on ethics, for example, we do a practice of prayer mm-hmm. as a part of that. And it's really rooted in the worship. So we use the bulletin to help guide our examination of Bible and theology and history and Methodism sure. by looking at our worship service. So we offer that um, in January In Lent, which tends to start in February or early March, for Lent, we offer small groups as well, usually focused around a theme. So each Lent, we we have a focus on a practice. This Lent, it was on prayer. So we had a small group on prayer that people could sign up and be a part of. Gotcha. Um, Yes. So we have kind of different different times that we launch groups and um, and all kinds of different small groups people can be a part of. Yeah, that's great. Let me follow up with at least two questions here. One, do you have long-term ongoing small groups that are uh, in homes? Anything in that area? So we do have long-term ongoing groups, and we call those covenant groups. Okay. So Good. the sense of these groups are that they are committed to one another, that they meet regularly, that there's some sense of covenant among them, whether that's written or not, that they hold confidentiality, that they care for one another in their group. Some of the covenant groups are, um, they use a book study or they, um, you know, they use some kind of curriculum. Some of them are accountability groups. A lot of them came out of our disciple Bible study and decided to stay together or our companions in Christ and decided to stay together. Um, and then some of them are more affinity, like we have a, um, a group that is, is young men that meets mm. together um, over coffee in the morning. So we have 17 different covenant groups um, that, are, that are ongoing, and most, mo- many of them have met together for years. Um, and we really, you know, we let those develop on their own. It's more organic. We don't have a launching program for covenant groups, um, it's really a lot of them develop out of relationships or out of um, out of small group curriculum like disciple. Um, almost all of our covenant groups actually meet at the church, so oh, we have a culture where more people like to meet at the church. We do have a couple that meet um, at a Brugger's coffee shop, or, or um, one meets at a local restaurant um, for breakfast. Um, but most all of them meet at the church. But what we're hearing from our millennials is more of a desire for small groups to meet in home. Okay. So, so I did a pilot this Lent using Kevin Watson's book on class meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm calling that group Belong as a pilot. And we actually met in my home um, for six weeks this Lent and have decided that we're going to continue with the hope that this can help to generate new belong groups that are neighborhood based. So my group is real. It's my neighbors who walk over to my house and um, we have, it's basically a practice of class meeting, but we Mm -hmm. start with a Vespers that includes the children and then um, the children go across the street to our neighbor and they play and the adults have the, Hmm. have the sharing of how life is with our soul. 
Um, so my hope is that we're going to generate some more belong groups, as we're calling them, that are basically an expression of class meeting. Yeah. Um, but that's um, that's just been piloted this Lent. So Neat. we'll yeah. see, see how that goes. Well, another question that arose as, as to what you're saying earlier, you talked about pastors being involved in terms of teaching. Uh, mm-hmm. How are they involved in terms of are they in a small group and do do you ever get from the pulpit uh, stories about being in a small group? Mm-hmm. Yes. So certainly around the time that we're promoting Disciple gotcha. and Companions Registration in the fall, um, James, our senior pastor, will encourage uh, registration and, and Disciple, and he's really good about interweaving that into his sermon in some way, um, encouraging people to be a part of small groups. Um, for the clergy, it varies. There's there's six clergy that serve at Myers Park, so yeah. each of us has have different roles and um, we're focused in an area usually. Mm-hmm. So for me, certainly as minister of faith formation, I'm always teaching or leading a small group of some sort and involved in sure. a small group. Um, in my own life, I'm part of a Alexio Divina group of clergy women. So I have things outside oh, of good. the church that I use to, to nurture my own life. Yeah. Yes, it is important. Um, so, you know, each clergy person would have a different story on that. Certainly, Barbara Barden, who um, supports and supervises our adult Sunday school class program, she is usually teaching some form of a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, she taught a disciple fast track this year. Um, so she's in that. Our minister of congregational care, Bill Roth, has a, a group that was a Companions in Christ group, I think, 10 or 12 years ago. And it continues to meet today. And they usually are doing some kind of book study, like they just did the Great Migration hmm. um, book together. Okay. So, um, yes. So, oh, that's great. We we are active and involved. <laughs> Good to hear. So, let me ask this. This is sort of a question of curiosity for me. I mean, I know in my last church there was sort of this undercurrent of, um, well, what's the word? Not contrast, but they were almost kind of fighting a little bit between small groups and our competition, that's what I'm looking for, between small groups and Sunday school. Like those who were lifetime Sunday school folks, if you started a small group class, they were like, well, that's, why aren't you invited them here? Do you, do you have any sense of competition or anything among, uh, how does small group and Sunday school relate to one another? Maybe that's a better way to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would actually say that our people see Sunday school and small groups as symbiotic. Good. Um, that they mutually enhance one another. Um, our Sunday school classes tend to be large. Oh, okay. So that distinguishes from a small group. Yeah, um, sure. So if you're in a Sunday school class of 40 or 50 people, that's going to be a different experience than a small group of 12. Hmm. Um, so just in terms of the numbers that we're able to sustain in Sunday school classes versus, versus a small group, you know, a lot of Sunday school classes in a lot of churches are 10, 12 people, so it feels a lot like the size of a, of a small group. Um, our Sunday school classes will have 30 people, so gotcha. um, 30, 40 people. So that feels different numerically, I think. Absolutely. Um, there's a different level of intimacy that you can generate in a group of 10, 12, 15 Sorry. versus a large group. So um, I also think in some ways because... We have a strong focus on curricular Sunday schools of mm. disciples and companions in Christ um, that our people really respond to in our culture. 
I think that's understood as being different than the rotational curriculum that most of our Sunday schools use. So a lot of our Sunday school classes are using Adam Hamilton is very popular. So they're rotating through different kinds of curriculum, whereas the small groups are focused in one specific area. So it's Bible study or it's spiritual formation. So there's a there's a difference there um, between those two. So I think we have a lot of our people who 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 do both, who are okay. in a Sunday school class and then do a small group. Um, we don't have small groups generally that meet on Sunday morning. Um, okay. So we don't want to intentionally program competitions, so to speak. Gotcha. So our gotcha. companions in Christ and our disciple will meet um, often. We have a large a lot of them that will meet on Wednesday evenings. Um, but some will meet during the day or at a different week weeknight evening. Okay, great. That, that was very helpful in terms of the distinction between those. So I'm glad you you made that. I was going to ask you about that, but you you got you answered that already. Um, <laughs> so how does Sunday school in particular how does it contribute to contribute to disciple formation um, beyond just the the fact that uh, those people are meeting together? I mean, those are lots a large number of folks. Uh, do they practice means of grace together at all? Um, how's that how's that happening? Mm-hmm. So certainly Sunday schools at Myers Park are very encouraged to be in mission for every Sunday school okay. to be committed in some way to service, to contribution to the community. And that's also a charism or a gift of our church mm. uh, in general. There's a strong emphasis on mission and service. Um, so every Sunday school class is encouraged to participate, for example, in our room at the end, mm. which is a program that partners with urban ministry in Charlotte, which provides shelter for the unhoused during the winter months. So, um, our, our people go to urban ministry, they pick up a van of folks who are needing shelter. They bring them to our church and our, our church feeds, uh, provides a meal in the morning and the evening, and then a place to sleep, showers. Um, so Sunday school classes are encouraged to um, take on an evening of room at the end, gotcha. um, to provide the meal, to be hospitable to the people who are coming to stay with us, to our guests. And what has happened, interestingly, a story out of that, one of our Sunday school classes um, called Discovery, which is a couple's class for people in their late 30s and 40s, most of them have elementary age children. They participated in Room at the Inn mm. earlier this year and really were drawn in by a couple of families that were there that were who were our guests and really were drawn into their story and wanted to be in relationship with them. Mm. So what they did was to partner with a couple of the families from Room at the Inn and try to understand what their life is like and the challenges that they encounter, just trying to figure out how to get to work in the day and get their kids to school and all the challenges of a, of a cycle of poverty. Okay. So um, they basically have adopted a family and mm. bring them to worship, um, have helped to help them to get access to um, different services in the city, so to advocate for them. So that's been really Beautiful to see yeah, um, that kind of work and, and mission and ministry coming out of, of one of our Sunday school classes. That's great. Yeah. That's interesting how that uh, spilled over. That's wonderful. 
Well, Melanie, thank yeah. you for your time. You've been very helpful. I know a lot of churches are going to benefit from uh, from Myers Park and from your work. And so I would encourage folks to go check out y'all's website and, and learn more about what y'all are doing. So thanks again. Thanks so much, Scott. Good to be with you. So what I think we heard from Melanie was very much a model a lot of churches aspire to. I mean, was it 19 adult Sunday school classes? I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. I can't imagine the logistics that goes into that. And there's also a lot of disciple Bible studies, which was very important for them, obviously. But they also have companions in Christ. They had a, a number of, uh, of events and experiences, short-term, long-term. Um, that, that was very good. I mean, I, I think there were some positives to take away. What other positives do you want to highlight from what you heard from Melanie? Well, my ears really perked up when she talked about the, I think she called them belong groups. Okay. Where they're, it's the pilot. I think if I heard that right, she's piloting that this year. Yes. In her home using Kevin Watson's book on the class meeting. So it's an attempt to introduce the class meeting or yeah. uh, an element of the class a form of the class meeting yeah um into this congregation which i found and i'll interject just briefly here because i know you want to expand on that some more but that it was with folks who live around her it was it was geographic right, and based. Her neighbor, and neighborhood and the plan is to do basically what early methodists did yeah. is to to base the class meetings in neighborhoods mm. Because, you know, in, in 18th century Methodism, your class meeting was determined by where you lived, by yeah. the neighborhood you lived in. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, there's certainly a lot that we could talk about, brag about. But I think there's also some some ways we would, I don't know, suggest for improving or maybe uh, transitioning a little bit. Or how would we say what we'd like to sort of add to what they're doing? Well, I think just that add that there's a lot good yeah. going that I heard in that interview. Yeah, they're doing a lot of there's you know they're they're meeting people where they are, which yep. is really important. That, and in, particularly in small group ministry, if in an effective small group ministry, that the goal, I, hopefully, the goal is to help people grow in holiness of heart and yep. life, to to grow to be formed as disciples of Jesus Christ. You you got to meet them where they are. Yeah. And this congregation, tell me the name of the congregation. Myers Park. Myers Park, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Melanie. Uh, Myers Park does a really good job. From what I heard from what she had to say, is she, yeah. they do a really good job of meeting people where they are and giving them opportunities. Lots of opportunities. Yeah. To, to grow. Yep. In the knowledge of God. Yep. Um, so that's there's a lot of positive going yeah. on there. Um, so the the piece that I would really b- suggest there's, yeah. there's a couple of things that I would encourage them to consider. Yeah. As a way of maybe you know in my mind um, improve. Yeah. Um, and particularly to form in the formation of disciples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, know, I think I know um, where you're going. And in my understanding, in particular in study of Wesley, in the, way, in the Wesleyan way, the way the Methodists, the way the Wesleys, the Method, early Methodists form people as disciples is in addition to giving them really good teaching. Okay. In the preaching and, and you know in the society meetings and in the other you know teaching opportunities, they taught them habits. Okay. 
the ha- basic habits of the Christian life because it's in the, f- mm. the way you form people in, as disciples is to yeah. give them the, the basic habits of Christian life, which are enumerated, really described in the general rules. Um, to do no harm by avoiding evil, to do good to, by being merciful to all, and then there's very specific things yeah, to do there. Yeah, it's real specific. And then by attending upon all the ordinances of God, uh-huh. which are the public worship of God, the ministry of the word, either read or expounded, the supper of the Lord, um, private and family prayer, um, searching the scriptures, and fasting, fasting. or abstinence. Those, those were habits. Yeah that in the class meeting, people were given an up, that's where they were, they gave an account of how they were doing with practicing those habits, right? Um, So, to help with the formation of those habits, what I would recommend for this congregation would be for them to adopt a congregational rule of life. And that's the purpose of a rule of life, is to shape holy habits in the lives of the people, to help people practice habitually the means of grace. Um, And the rule of life that I always recommend is the general rule of discipleship, which is a summary of the general rules that's easily memorized. You can make posters and put it around and you can preach on it. In fact, we have preaching helps about that we're going to be putting on our website soon. Nice. And just to remind our audience, you've heard it before from me, but the general rule of discipleship is to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So if a congregation adopts that as a rule of life, then that would mean the, the pastors would do, need to do teaching and interpretation of what that means. And then in all of these small groups, in every group in the congregation, they would spend some time checking in with each other as, mm-hmm. and encouraging each other to um, incorporate this, these practices of witnessing to Jesus Christ in the world and the practice and following his teachings through acts of compassion and acts of justice, acts of worship and acts of devotion. Real specific handles. And people, yeah. every, you, you can figure out for yourself how you're going to do that. You just right. need the Sunday school classes and the small groups would be a great place where to just, you know, to have an accountability partner where you can, yep. a friend that you do that for each other and check in with each other is about how you're doing. Yeah, which doesn't take long. If it's just partners, right. it doesn't take long to do. Just to so that's add in just any a, something that I think would be, Yeah, I'd be really interested if they were willing and interested in doing that to help them implement it and uh, see what kind of impact it might have on the congregation. Yeah, that would be an interesting experiment. I'm going to add an analogy here that's been sort of bouncing around in my head as I've been listening to you, Steve, and also reading Alan Roxburgh. Am I saying that name yes, right? Yes, Alan Roxburgh. Uh, his book, The Missional Leader. And the analogy is this. I was thinking about it last night as my, my wife was getting on to my kids about making sure they were doing their homework. 
Um, my wife, who is extremely bright, she graduated with like a three nine something GPA in computer science. How did she end up with you? <laughs> a real good question. <laughs> um, yeah, sociology major. <laughs> um, you know, she's she's on the kids pretty good about making sure they do their homework and getting all our assignments in and getting good grades. Um, I don't think as much about good grades because, well, I didn't get them <laughs> very much. <laughs> um, but what I do get on my kids about is is the habits in which they study, right? So they like to study like the dining room table with the game on and music playing. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to work, right? Go into the study. Uh, you can have music if it's instrumental and light, no words. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm all about, hey, if you want a certain kind of pencil or pen, whatever you need to, to, to build the right habits is more important to me than just getting the right grades. And so sometimes yeah, with churches, right. it's about having the right answers. And what I hear from you and, and others is, uh, James K.A. Smith being another one, is let's build the right desires, the right habits. And it's in those habits that we can expect God to meet us. Right. And it's those forming those habits, which what Wesley called the means of grace, mm. is when we habitually practice prayer, scripture study, meditating on scripture, um, participating in worship, and also serving with the poor, mm-hmm. um, serving and caring for our neighbors and one another, that's where we open ourselves to grace and to make ourselves available to that grace where, where God will meet us yep. when we engage in these practices. God promises to meet us. Yep. And that's where then we cooperate with, the Holy, with what the Holy Spirit wants to do Synergistic, in us. synergistic, big word. It's, it's synergistic, exactly. <laughs> synergism. Well, synergism, that's a good, good theological word. There's your word for the day on the podcast. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Uh, we do have a giveaway winner. Um, it is uh, Reverend Chris Bryant. Again, we're going with somebody that, that we know that's friends. Uh, Chris uh, retweeted us on Twitter, so we'll reach out to him and... I'll get that to them. I'm afraid that by our next one, we're going to be like giving giveaways to our moms or something. <laughs> so uh, make sure and uh, retweet us. Tell your friends. Put it on Facebook. Um, and we do hope that you'll email us and be interactive as well. Tell us what you'd like to hear. Um, you can find our email addresses on our website, umcdiscipleship.org. You can find us on social media platforms as well. Steve, where can people find you on the Twitters? I, my Twitter handle is at smanskar, which is at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R. And I'm at Rev Scott's Tweets, and I'm also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. So we look forward to um, interacting with you and continuing to be in ministry with you and for you. We hope you have a meaningful Easter, and until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.